What is up, guys? My name is Lucas. Welcome to Just Being Real, a podcast by a pastor and his wife talking about the journey and being what God called him to be, a pastor. What's up, guys? Glad you guys are here. Hope you like this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Enjoy. Well, we want to welcome you back to Just Being Real, our family perspective of ministry. Um, this, man, Shelly, this is our 26th episode. Oh my gosh. Going the same We've been doing this 26 weeks. And we took like a hiatus there when we took our uh, uh, sabbatical. We were gone for a while. Yeah. But we are back. And uh, boy, we're, we're excited. We're excited about tonight. We really are. We've got some really good friends of ours. These guys have been with us for quite a few years. Uh, we have pastored together on districts together. At least um, 18? Um, probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh my uh, we've gotten in trouble together. It's been fun. You know, uh, they're writing books about us now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How, There's just lots of talk. Lots of talk. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's probably true. But uh, we want to welcome Robin and, and Kevin Campbell. Guys, you guys, man, are such a blessing to us. Uh, they are pastoring up in Kentucky. I'm going to let you tell, tell them where you're pastoring. And uh, so we just want to welcome you guys to our podcast. Thank you for having us. We're so humbled and honored and appreciative to have the opportunity first just to talk to you guys and and the opportunity for anybody that might be listening to hear our story and, and just relate to maybe to uh, something that we share. But we've been in Kentucky since 2006. And before that, we were in rural West Virginia, where, where we were serving together. And then um, before that, we were in Florida. Oh and uh, before that, we were in Colorado. So we, we've had made rounds a little bit. <laughs> but we do want to start with just uh, before ministry. Is that okay? Before yeah. ministry. Wonderful. Yes. Bring, tell us where you're from, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm going to let Robin start. So Kevin likes to say that I'm from everywhere. I used to tell people I'm from nowhere because I'm a pastor's kid. And uh, until we moved to Ashland, Kentucky, I had never lived anywhere longer than five years. And so moving around was just a part of my life. And then um, when I got married to, to Kevin, he became a pastor and that just continued. And so when we moved back here to pastor at Plaza, um, I didn't expect that we would be here longer than five years and we've been here 15 years. So this is a, it's a rare gift for me to get to be in the same place. I've had the same job, you know? Um, so I kind of went off the, the point there, but um, so I've moved around a bunch because I was a pastor's kid. And then my father came to pastor Ashland first church where we're currently pastoring when I was a freshman in college. And that's where Kevin and I met. Mm. Yeah, so my story starts in South Charleston, West Virginia. My parents were unchurched at the time. My mom was totally unchurched, no religious background, really. And a uh, Nazarene couple that uh, lived nearby came knocking on their door one day and invited them to the South Charleston First Church of the Nazarene. And, and as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> so yeah, I, I was born and had the privilege then of... Um, being raised in a Christian home. And uh, as an infant, a move, a transition took my family to Ashland, Kentucky, which is uh, a, a city right on the Ohio River, 
in what they call the tri-state area where Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia are kind of joined together. Um, the Ohio River runs through it and the bridges kind of connect the three states there. Yeah. And so that became home for me. And as Robin just stated a moment ago, we, we met when her father came to pastor the church that I was raised in at Ashland First Church of the Nazarene, where my spiritual heritage is, and now have the privilege of, of serving them in a pastoral capacity. And um, it's been a really uh, amazing journey. Wow. Man, I did, I did not know that you were, so you were born in West Virginia. I was. Oh, man. But you're a Marshall fan, aren't you? Well, growing up here, we tended toward Marshall, <laughs> yes, but yes. my fan, my extended family on my mother's side were all rabid Mountaineer fans, all living gotcha. in Charleston. Okay. So, so I, I had really both green and gold and blue uh, in my veins. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I tell you, it's, um, yeah, it, it, football, of course, up, up in West Virginia, pretty big. Uh, but you go into Ohio, and they do that OH kind of thing, and it just really drives me nuts. And uh, <laughs> I, got, I got a staff member down here. He goes, OH, and I go, oh, no. <laughs> so, now that's good. Yeah, I did. Uh, but then we moved to Alabama. You thought Ohio was bad. Oh, wow, dude. I mean, everybody, you, you have to end, an, you have to say amen, let's roll, you know, roll sure. time. That's what it is. Roll Tide. Yeah. Amen. Roll Tide. I'm like, we added that to the amen now into <laughs> prayers, but uh, they're, they're pretty, uh, man, avid fans down here, but Hey, well, that's good. I did, I did not, I learned that. I did not know that he was from West Virginia. It's cold. I like that. Well, Hey, listen, fun it sounds fact. awesome. Yes. What's fun that? Fact. that was a fun fact. Fun, fun <laughs> fact. I love it. Maybe that's the title of our episode. We'll do. Fun facts. <laughs> Fun facts. <laughs> Isn't that a never mind? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna digress. I'm gonna start going down a rabbit trail. But anyway, well, hey, listen, that is awesome. So you guys, um, Robin, were you were you did you know that he was called into ministry when you started dating him? No, I uh like to tell the story that I could get I told him I could have gotten out of the marriage on the basis of fraud because when we got married, he was planning on being a movie director. And we moved to Nash Nashville for him to attend this uh, school of arts where he was studying directing, movie directing. And uh -huh. during that time, he was also doing theater work in the community theater there. And he met a guy at the community theater who invited him to a Bible study. And so he went to that Bible study and the Lord wrecked him in that Bible study. And that's how he returned to the Lord, as well as it was just like a couple of days later, I think that he got a call. And then it was like four months later, we were out in Colorado Springs studying. So, I mean, this man, he doesn't do anything slow. So it's full bore all the time. So he was all in real quick. So yeah, it was, it was scary. Uh, it was exciting, but it was scary. And but I'm, I'm telling you, the experiences that we've had, you couldn't, you couldn't put a price on the val value of that. And then, of course, you know, any wife relishes in watching the Lord grow and mold her spouse. And, you know, I don't think that that's different for a pastor and his wife. Um, you know, we watch our husbands grow in the Lord every 
you know, every year and um, it's exciting and um, it just keeps giving more and more dimension to your marriage as well. And so I have loved that journey with him and uh, watching what the Lord has done in his life. Oh, that's awesome. So you were out at NBC, Nazarene Bible College is where you went out and attended. Wonderful. Okay. Now you guys, how many kids do you have? The, the audience won't know that. So I do, but I want you to tell them. Uh, we have two. Our daughter, Chelsea is married and lives in Ohio. She works uh, at Mount Vernon Nat Nazarene college. Well, it's a U university now. Yeah. Um, she works there and her husband is an art teacher and they have our first grandchild Hanley June and uh, she's hilarious and adorable and she's pregnant not Hanley Chelsea pregnant with her second and so she's wow. due in June end of June and we're gonna have another baby girl and then Dylan right. yeah Dylan lives in Florida um, he has been out of high school about seven years um, almost done with college and working in Florida and loves it down there so really wonderful Wow. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Well, so your daughter's going to beat that summer heat and being pregnant through that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Man, that's well planned. Well planned. Yes. <laughs> well, and it, I'm a school teacher. So when she told me she was preg that she was due in June, I went, thank you for doing that. <laughs> baby was due <laughs> like in Jan Jan January. And I was like, you didn't think about me at all. Did you? And she was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> They're so selfish, kids. I know, okay. kids. Man. What are you going to do? Yeah. Pregnant ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we, okay, yeah, anyway. So, and, uh, well, uh, wonderful. Man, it's good. Um, I know our audience is going to like that. So, you guys have been in ministry then, uh, how long? How many years? Well, since 1998. Okay, okay. And uh, you pastored how many churches? Well, let's see. We were on staff in Colorado Springs at, at Colorado Springs First Church. Then our first senior pastorate was in Titusville, Florida, on the Central Florida District, on the Space okay. Coast there where Cape Canaveral is. And then we went to Kingwood, West Virginia, where we intersect. Yeah. And, okay. um, and then we, we uh, came to Kentucky and pastored uh, in... Um, really Russell, Kentucky for nine years at Plaza that Robin mentioned earlier. And then we planted a church that we call the intersection. Intersections are places where people are deciding which way to go. And yeah. we wanted to meet them there and help point them toward Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we planted the intersection in 2015 and it, it, uh, has just kind of morphed into more of an outreach and evangelistic ministry than a local church now that we're pastoring in the traditional setting again at Ashland First Church of the Nazarene. Mm -hmm. So you have a, uh, we know this because we were on with you guys on, on your Facebook. What, what do you call that? Like a Facebook live um, broadcast? What do you call that? Yeah, we just live stream, um, uh, I guess what we call a show. Yeah. <laughs> We call it 22nd and Bath because that's the physical location and represents the intersection where we are. Love it. Okay. We had a great time with you guys. That yeah, was so much fun. We, we were a little jealous of your scenery, though, but that's yeah. beside the point, and <laughs> I digress. But, um, man, we had a great time. So you you they can 
find us on on Facebook, right? All they got to do is what? What do they got to look for? They can find us either at the intersection, Ashland, Kentucky, or at Ashland First Church of the Nazarene, or our personal pages. We both have personal pages. Wonderful. Okay, good. Well, guys, listen, let me ask you, um, so you've been in the ministry since 96, you said, I think, uh, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I got my first local license in 97. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're coming into this thing about the same time. Um, isn't it hard to believe we've been in ministry this long? Yeah. It, it really is. <laughs> yeah. but he yeah. has the gray hairs to prove it. Oh, man. He's got none. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I get you. Um, so what, let me ask you this. What has been some of the more difficult things about ministry? Well, um, you know, I, I know the emphasis that we wanted to talk about a little bit tonight has been on family. Yeah. And so I just want to take it from that perspective and just say on a personal note, I think that I was very focus singularly focused and the ministry was was um taking the position in my life where it caused me to um not be as as present with my family probably um and probably caused me to make decisions that were ministry decisions more than family decisions and I think yeah. that had some negative impact on that. Now, I don't blame anybody for that except myself. I just say that, you know, I was somewhat consumed with this pursuit um, of local church ministry. And I think I lost sight a lot of times of the needs in my, in my own home and under my own roof. Mm. Just being yeah. honest, TBH. No, I, I got you. To be honest, I got you. And you know, I can relate. I, I I don't know if I've shared this story with you, but you know, when when I was out of ministry for seven months, um, that was a that was a very come to Jesus time for me. It was the hardest time in ministry, but it was the most beneficial in my ministry because um, it was a moment where what I found was is I I was losing my identity. My identity was was um, was literally. Um, in, in being a pastor mm-hmm. and, and really my, where my identity was supposed to be was in Christ. And so I, I, I think, I don't know if maybe that's the same with you, but that, that kind of resonated with me, what you said. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I might, I might add that I think maybe some of the expectations were implied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I felt it that way. Yeah. yeah. Now you're talking about from the church. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll give, I'll give you an example on my part. So yeah. I did youth for years in West, in Florida, in West Virginia, and then at Plaza. Mm-hmm. And our youth group, we never had a youth pastor until the last couple of years that we were there. And so I just handled it. Well, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a youth group and your mom's the leader of it, right? I had two kids that were in the group. And our son was dating a girl that went to a very large church in town and he wanted to go to her church with her on Wednesday nights. And Kevin said, let him go. What difference does it make? And I said, well, first of all, we're the pastor of the church. Second of all, I'm the one leading the youth group. How do you think that that will look is what I said. And I mean, I regret that tremendously. Um, 
because at the time I felt like we have a responsibility to have our kids here. And no matter what we have to offer, they need to be here. And what we've seen since, of course, our kids are grown and gone, um, is that you, you have to put your kids first. And that's difficult for pastors because like Kevin said, there's so many expectations, whether they're perceived or not, um, or implied or not, you know, there's just so many expectations on us. And I think that the new wave of, of pastors are getting that because we've met some younger pastors and they're really, um, believing strongly in separating family and ministry. And I don't know that we were taught that early on in ministry. I would, I would totally agree with you. I, I wonder though, if what it is, is that they, they've, they're, they're being mentored by our generation and, and we're really being able to express that to them, how important yeah. it is. That's and, good. Uh, so yeah, I, I hear you on that. Excellent. Wonderful. And I really appreciate that. So there is these written or even unwritten expectations uh, for pastors and pastors' wives and 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 pastors and pastors' husbands and such, um, and, and even for the pastors' kids, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and you know, I think that I don't want to be that guy that says back in the old days, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but. You know, I think there was, if I could say another expectation, at least in our experience, that wherever I was serving, that my wife would be serving an, almost on an equal amount as if it was like a two for one deal, right? We're, we're hiring you and you'll technically get the paycheck, but we also expect your spouse to serve in a large role capacity, a high visibility capacity. She won't be paid. <laughs> she won't be compensated, right, right. but she will be a part of your ministry. And, you know, the old joke wasn't, but it, it wasn't a joke in our experience. Almost every time we went somewhere for an interview, there was that, that looming question of, does your wife play the piano? And the answer was no, I have zero musical ability. So, <laughs> and you're right. I mean, I, we probably have, will have a bunch of pastors that are listening to this and going, been there. Yeah. Know exactly what you're saying. I, I recall one time where that question was asked of my wife and I, I kind of nipped it right there. And I said, hang on. I said, you're interviewing me. I said, she comes and everything that she brings to the table is nothing more than a blessing. Uh, it's more of a blessing. So, but you're hiring me. So really the questions kind of need to go towards me. Uh, and I don't know if that was right or wrong at the moment, but it just felt like I needed to kind of shield her and right. protect her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoo. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just to be clear, uh, I think both of us, we, we understand that um, our spouse would be, in some capacity involved, right? And to whatever degree they want to be. But could you imagine going on a professional interview in a professional setting and then having a question directed at you about then what your spouse is going to do? <laughs> right. And when you put it into that perspective, I hope that people are listening tonight that they would come to say, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that is wrong. <laughs> it's a you know? I think 
Yeah. The, you know, with us, I think in a lot of re, a lot of ways, Kevin didn't want me to do a whole lot because the less I did, the less trouble he had. The more I did, the more trouble he had. <laughs> One time he said, could you just stop? Just stop <laughs> because you're killing me. <laughs> Robin, I just find it hard to believe. I, I really do. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. I did want to say one more thing is that, you know, and I don't want to play up the old stereotypes, but, you know, stereotypes come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. They start somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, and I do believe that often, now not everywhere, of course, but often there is a microscope that is on a minister's family, a pastor's family. You know, it's, it, there, it is a, a, it can be a pressure cooker. And now, now I know that I want people to know that I recognize there are a lot of other professions that come with stress as well, uh, but, but not to the degree where it includes your entire family. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, you know, and again, I know we don't like to say in the olden days, Yeah. but you know, in those days of, of, of past, we have, um, you know, it was not very common for pastors to uh, have their own homes and, and, and such like that. You lived in parsonages. So when, when things would go south in the church and, and you're having to leave or whatever, you're, it's, it's not like you're, you've lost a job. You've, you've lost a, a home. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Robin, I think you could probably speak to this you know, that, that probably is more rocking to, to the spouse. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, for Shelly, I think was, maybe Shelly, you want to speak to this too, but that was, you know, we always kind of made it when we moved in, I took like that first week and we got the whole house settled and everything like that, because I wanted her to, to develop home base. I wanted her to, you know, and it's the old, old thing was, is that, okay, as long as we knew where the Walmart was, Okay, we're home. We're good now. So is there, I mean, how did that, how was that for you? Because I know you've lived in parsonages, right? Yeah, I've lived in parsonages my whole life. The only time that my parents owned a home was when I was, it's like the, from three, age three to age eight, we lived in a home that they own. Now they live in it now, which is pretty cool in their retirement. But um, yeah, we did build a house in West Virginia and this is a great story because I was going to have my own house and I was so excited about having my own house where I could do, I planned everything. I went to the lot every single day as they were building it. And I took pictures every single day, every knob, every, every lock, everything in the house I picked out. Right. Right. So then we're probably two months maybe from it being finished. And Kevin comes home and I'm sure you've had this conversation, Shelly, where he goes, well, got a call today. And I was like, you did not. And he said, I got a call today from Ashland, Kentucky. I said, was it your mom? Because otherwise I don't care. And he was like, no, no. And he explained it. And I said, you have got to be kidding me because you're right. It was this loss of a dream for me. And so we went and we interviewed because, of course, he said, I feel like I, I feel like the Lord wants us to interview. And so um, I probably was not super excited at the interview. I think I told them, look, I'm finishing my degree, so don't count on me. Is I think what I told them. <laughs> and uh, 
And so we, of course, came. And when we moved into the house that they had purchased, um, Kevin was like, now look, this house is twice as big as the house we we were building. And I was like, I know you're right. Mm-hmm. And I'll eventually feel blessed. <laughs> so eventually we were so blessed with the beautiful home that we got to live in for um, almost 10 years. Our kids finished growing up in that house. So we, and my mom always says not to complain about any of the parsonages that I've lived in. Cause she said, you, you've not lived in anything like what I had to live in is what she said. So my parsonages that we lived in were always big and beautiful. And we, we were very blessed. Um, but five years ago we bought our, our first home and, um, moved in and we've lived there for five years. Praise Jesus. So I have absolutely loved having my own home. And when I want to fix something new up or I want to do something new, Kevin's like, is that really necessary? I said, it brings me joy. (laughs) It brings me joy. And so he does whatever I ask him to do. So there you go. (laughs) The only thing I want to add to the conversation, um, for the benefit of anybody that's listening that that doesn't have the frame of reference for what we're talking about, imagine having to call somebody and ask them if you can hang a picture, mm. yeah. if you can paint a wall, if you can call a plumber. That's what it's like living in a parsonage. Yeah. Wow, buddy. It's, it's a good perspective. Mm-hmm. And I lived it. I know it. And, and, and I think I would reiterate what Robin said. I, I mean, we have been blessed uh, to, to stay at some wonderful uh, parsonages and everything. And I know that churches in those days, that they, they felt like that was blessing the pastor. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad that there's been this shift uh, to where they understand more of the blessing comes from uh, allowing the pastor to be able to build equity. Uh, yeah. and, and build roots. Um, I mean, and, and you know, um, you, you're, you're really saying to the pastor, we, we want you to stay for a long yeah. time. So, so settle roots down here. And I think you're seeing more, I, I don't know the statistics, but I know years ago when you were talking, Robin, you said that when you were younger, you were moving every five years. I think the statistic back then was every two and a half. Yes. The average, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, think if I last I heard I think that average has went up to about seven to eight years now that that a pastor's average moving per year so that's really cool excellent well good so I know we talked a little bit serious about just asking you know some of the things about um what's been difficult um what what have you we've all experienced those crazy moments in ministry the, the funny ones, the, the, oh my goodness, I can't believe that really did happen kind of moments, you know, um, tell, tell us, I mean, there's, there's some things that just for you, you just experienced, you were like, wow, okay, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> tell us some, some, and the ones you can share. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to transition to Robin in just a moment to let her tell what I'm going to set it up for. But uh, I do want to say that what, we, what we've shared tonight and just being transparent and honest doesn't come from a place of bitterness or resentment. It's just what reality. Yes. Right. Uh, and we're just trying to communicate kind of where we've been and, and kind of 
the journey we've been on. And if you've noticed, I've tried to say journey as much as I could tonight. I, I think you said Thank something you. about a dollar every time I mentioned the word journey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and tally it up. I will. I'll send you a check. <laughs> okay. At any rate, um, I, there were, Robin, I, I do want to say this in all seriousness, um, just had a way of finding herself in some of the most um, unbelievable situations. Uh, and so we could be here all night, <laughs> literally, uh, just part two. Let's just let's keep talking. <laughs> one after the other after the other. But but the one that sticks out in my mind happened in Summersville, West Virginia, during a teen camp, and a concert was going on. And I'm going to let her pick it up from there. Oh, my Lord. Shelly Priority knows this. Uh, so I went to every camp that they had at Summersville. I lived at Summersville for like five or six weeks every summer. And I loved it. Yep. I think this was like teen, uh, senior high camp was what it was. And there was a mosh pit in the front. Like the kids were jumping up and down and stuff. And so I thought, okay, well, I can get go down there and be a part of it, right? So I went down there. Well, then some, some kids thought it'd be funny to pick me up. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's going to take more than two, two of you pick me up. <laughs> they said, we'll go get our biggest guys. I thought they were joking, but they came back with all these guys and they lifted me up and I crowd surfed across there. Okay. I didn't think anything of it. Like I crowd surfed and then I was down and I went back and sat down. No big deal. So then we got a call from the DS saying that he got a letter that said that I was like laying on top of young boys hands <laughs> and I was scantily clad and all this. I had capris on and a, and a shirt, a t-shirt. And so I just thought, are you kidding me? That's insane that somebody would, but I mean, I guess to an older woman who was in the building, that was horrifying to think about because it was apparently an older lady that was in the building. Right. And uh, yeah. So I've given quite a bit of uh, people pause <laughs> at one time or another in my life. So oh, there's, a, there's another Summersville story that's fantastic. And it had to do with our church. And I don't even know if our church people, if Kevin ever told them, but I drove the church van down, down there for camp. And we loved the Mount Vernon uh, team that would come to the teen camps in the summer. And so we were just messing with them. Several of those guys are in ministry now, which is hilarious, but they would go every night to McDonald's to use the Wi-Fi. is what they would do. So I was like, I mean, if you don't want someone pranking you, don't leave at the same time every night. Right. So I got my girls together, the girls that were in my room and we went and we just destroyed their rooms. We like threw their stuff everywhere. We put toothpaste on their seats and all this stuff. It was so much fun. So then we go back to our room and we're laying in the bed, just watching them come back. Cause we can see them from our room and they're screaming and they're going, Robin Campbell, we knew it was you. And I'm like <laughs> laughing and giggling. So the next morning, I go out and I get in the van and I drive the van up to the tabernacle. Well, I don't think anything of it. I lock the door and then, cause I'm like, they're not getting, getting me. I lock the door so they can't, can't get in there. So I go into, we have this great service at the end of the service. One of the, it was the drummer. 
he says, we have a um, presentation for Robin Campbell. And I was like, oh, Lord, what are they going to do now? So they they said, we have a prize for the best prank of the of the week. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Deny, 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 right? So they rolled in the tire from my church van. They had taken the tire <laughs> off my church van. Then they led me outside where they had filled the inside of the church van full of toilet paper, like loose toilet paper. They put um, some sort of bait, like cat, I don't know, whatever bait stinks really bad. They put it in the vents, like in the air vents oh, of the car. Oh, they put no. peanut butter or something on the handles. It was disastrous. So then I'm like, how in the world somebody was in the van when I drove it to the tabernacle? Oh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I was just like mind blown. I've never experienced anything like that before. And you know what I said? Props to you. Yeah. All I could say, kudos. And Kevin kudos. was not happy. And uh, what's the guy's name? He just retired. He was at Parkersburg forever. Oh, Kikos. And he was not happy. (laughs) He was so mad because he was like, and he made them take the van to like some sort of a car place where they do tires. And he had them go and take it and make them rotate the tires. So that way all the tires were like on the same levels. Cause he said, she has to drive these kids back. And of course I wasn't thinking about that. I was just cracking up, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) cause I was like, that's hilarious. So yeah, that's the craziness of Robin Campbell. That's why Kevin Dennis says the stuff he says about me, but I've grown up. So not quite that crazy anymore. <laughs> Those are two. <laughs> yes. A shoebox full. Oh, shoebox full. Small shoes. I get you. I get yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell you what, but you know what? I think what this does, hopefully, what people are who are listening uh, kind of can just sit back and go, man, they like having fun too. Yeah. You know, they're, they, they like to cut up, you know, uh, they're not, you know, all tight and, and, you know, all prissy or all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I think that's, that's been kind of sometimes uh, the old adage of, of how people looked at pastors, you know, because the pastor, you know, he was in the suit no matter what. If he was out uh, cutting grass, you know, he was in the, the white <laughs> button-up shirt. And the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean that's, that's what they did. It was crazy. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I saw a, a Pastor Herman George. You guys know he passed away. Mm. Uh, you, uh, yeah, I was. remember him? He was in Mannington. Yes, I do. And then, yeah, he, he passed away uh, last year, I think it was, mm-hmm. and uh, during COVID, yeah. And uh, we're actually waiting for some type of celebratory uh, event for him. We're thinking of going, but he was, he was my pastor when I accepted the call really. And, um, but he was, uh, yeah, he would cut grass in his dress pants. He would play tennis. With play Ron tennis. In his dress pants. And with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he was 60 years old, man. He's just banging that ball back and forth, running me around like a rag doll <laughs> in a pair of, you know, dress pants. So anyway, um, but yeah, I think today, uh, you know, hopefully what people see is we're just, we're just real, just like everybody else. We like to laugh. We, we have a good time. Um, you know, we can, uh, I, I think the other thing too, is I've tried to help our people and I've tried to let people that listen to this podcast know this is that we, we hurt just like you do. 
um, we, we, we love just like you do. We might even love a little bit more than you do uh, for some circumstances and situations. Um, so if anything, could you just, we'd love for our people, we'd love for the people of, of the church to just really, if, if anything, become passionate about knowing the heart of your pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not just look at him as the head, the guy that makes the decisions and, and you know, he's, he's you know, inconsiderate about certain things or, or, you know, always just thinking about the young people or whatever. I, I just would love for people to really just, I, I, I'm, I'm more apt for somebody to come in my office and kind of, uh, you know, get a little upset with me uh, if I know that they have come and tried to invest into getting to know my heart and have come really sincerely to get to know me and be concerned about me and love me. Uh, but if, but if you haven't done that and all, and the first time I kind of deal with you is when you come in my office and want to chew me out because music's too loud. Um, it really kind of sets me, you know, it, it hurts me to be honest with you. So, so we're just real, aren't we? Yeah, man. If I could say, add on to that, it would be that in this kind of second half of my ministry, I've really purposed that um, I was going to allow myself to be vulnerable to people. Um, Again, I I hate to keep going back to it, but, you know, when I was coming up, you know, there was a real um, uneasiness about, you know, that they just people didn't want pastors to what I call keep it real. (laughs) they, they, They would prefer the the facade, you know, or the, or the projection of, of perfection. Yeah. We um, told that you don't share your personal stuff with your congregation. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And I, you know, and I had, you know, well-meaning people at, at the beginning of, of our ministry, it would just say, don't ever be friends with yeah, the people yeah. that you pastor. Just don't do that. You know? Um, and so again, on this second half of our ministry, we've really determined that we were, um, in a place where we were um, looking forward to um, being more personable with people, vulnerable, open, transparent, honest. And we have found that people have really responded to that. And I think because they can actually relate to it. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. I, I, you know, this is kind of what birthed this podcast mm-hmm. is exactly what we're talking about here is that we We've had so many people would come up to us and say, man, you just, you just seem real. And, and, and I, you know, when you get told that multiple times, you're like, I, I, you know, I'm I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, I think, I don't know if I necessarily tried to do it like intentional, but it was, it was just something that I felt like I I couldn't be any other way. Mm -hmm. It's just how I had to be. I couldn't be that because what I found is that I, I felt like at times I just didn't have what everybody else had, such as I didn't have a best friend. Hmm. You know, my best friend, of course, is my wife. Don't get me wrong there. But I mean, just a best friend guy, you know, that that when when I needed to talk, boom, I'm on the phone with him or or, hey, let's you know, let's go fishing or let's go you know, go to go check out the ball game or whatever. Um, I didn't have that, you know, and because what you found was, is that when you did call up some guy from the church and you go to a ball game, it tended to always lead to something that they might have 
be upset about, disgruntled about or whatever, or, or would like to see done this, or they want to talk about something, you know what I mean? And it seems like you were going right back into ministry mode, mm-hmm. uh, opposed to just being able to be rod. And I really found myself not, not able to be rod. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we just decided, I think we were kind of like you guys, we decided, man, we just want to be real and I want to be rod. And, and I'm just going to be honest with you and open how I'm feeling. Uh, about some things you know now I know that not everybody can handle all that and you kind of feel people out but but we've we've been intentional about finding those best friends uh, and they're in our church you know yeah. yeah well when you cultivate that in your environment then you give other people permission mm-hmm. you know when you model that then then you help them to lower their guards too you know and and you Good. really are able to to get somewhere in my opinion yeah Yeah. amen amen well hey guys listen i know we're coming to a a a close here and uh man this has been so good Uh, i hope you feel like you're you're off the hot seat now you don't have to you know (laughs) but man you guys know we we are so uh uh first off honored to be able to spend at least the the last couple weeks with you a couple times uh and it's been fun we do miss you but we, we, we believe in you guys and we believe in your ministry and uh, we're excited about what's going on up there in Kentucky. Uh, and uh, we just uh, pray a blessing on you uh, as you continue to minister there and many more grandkids, man, we just, uh, that they are the best, man. I, I keep joking about it. I said, if I knew how good grandparenting was, I just skipped it, went right to it, you know, yeah. skip that parenting thing. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're excited. Yeah, we're really excited. And so, but hey, listen, great to be with you guys. God bless you. Uh, thanks for being on here with us. And uh, man, go get them, okay? Yeah, man. We love you. Love, love you guys. guys. Bye. Shelly, we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, it's been good being with you. <laughs> I know. The I bald, lot, the but... bald and the beautiful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Shelly didn't get a lot in, but that's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, hey, listen, thanks for being with us. Uh, We really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you guys next time on our podcast.